Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 27 of the interview chair, learning for our staff and colleagues. Today's episode is part two of a three-part series on learning that I've been doing this summer, if you've been keeping track of that. Last week's episode focused on learning about our staff and co colleagues and today we're going to focus on learning for our staff and colleagues. Hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know I am on a high just returning home today from Denver, Colorado after spending some a few days there at NASSP, the National Association for Secondary Schools Principals Conference, and my oh my, it did not disappoint. If you are currently an assistant principal, principal, superintendent, or any role in, in leadership in a school campus across this country, I'm going to strongly encourage you to sign up for the membership and to join our national organization. Uh, next year, we'll be coming back to you from Nashville, Tennessee. NASSP will be joining NAESP, so you won't want to miss it. Had a great time listening from Salone Thomas L. Uh, actually got to present with my one of my best friends, Joe Sanfilippo, and it was awesome. And was honored to do the keynote luncheon there on Recalibrate the Culture. I also had an opportunity for the first time to sponsor a booth for my authors from Connect Ed Publishing, and it was a lot of fun. One of the biggest takeaways I probably had from the conference sponsoring that booth was, listen, my friends, it is still an isolating profession, and I feel for my colleagues who are still trying to do everything on their own, and I want to remind you that you are not alone. So if you are struggling a little bit, if you are a new administrator, if you are a veteran administrator, if you feel like you're losing your fire, your passion, or you're just maybe even losing your way, I hope you'll consider reaching out to us at Jay Costas and Associate. We would love to offer you a free virtual coaching session just to kind of see where you're at, see if there's something we can do to support you. Uh, but just remember, uh, we're always here for you. But please take us up on that offer, free 30-minute coaching virtual conversation, and see if we can help recalibrate you. All right, so let's get to today's episode, learning for our staff and colleagues. So I was just saying, right, that we know that for years, educators have lived an isolated career. Head down, stay in your lane, close the door, do your best. Much has changed over the years, though. Teachers now are encouraged to keep their doors open, to allow colleagues to visit and observe their lessons, to collaborate, to work in teams, to share data, and to work together to best support their students and their colleagues. After all, it is 2023, and in this day and age, if you're feeling isolated, I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, well, that's on you. There are many more ways that you can connect with colleagues and with those in education profession than you could have ever imagined. Social media, for one, has certainly changed the landscape. No longer is it difficult to reach out, 
contact someone, connect with someone, or even hold conversations with other educators virtually and with those in the field of education, including authors and, yes, even those so-called experts. Yet, we still have some who are living like it's 1975 and are not taking advantage of the opportunities to connect with others in order to learn more about their craft. For some, there is a level of discomfort. There's no doubt about that not wanting to admit they are struggling. And for others, they just don't know what they don't know. Some want the support, but don't even know what that support would look like, even if it was offered. Others hesitate to accept help for fear of being judged or labeled as an underperformer. And others, well, let's just say they think they have it all figured out and don't need it. So where does the solution to this dilemma lie? And in my opinion, it always starts in the same place, building and district leadership. I often share with you guys that at the age of 26, they handed me the keys to a set to a building and asked me to go be a principal. And well, the truth of the matter is I didn't know what I was doing. And I do worry today as more and more people have left the profession over the last few years, especially the last three years. And that is people coming into the profession certainly need a lot of support, but yet districts are not in a position to provide that support internally. And that's why I share, perhaps it's time to consider perhaps getting some additional support from outside. So then where does that disconnect occur? Why do some organizations thrive while others continue to struggle? No surprise, it starts at the top, in my opinion. First and foremost, building and district leaders must be willing to model that they too must continue, continue to learn. They cannot ask others to do what they are not willing to do themselves. You've heard me say this before. Core principle two of culturize, expect excellence, don't ask others to do what you're not willing to do yourselves. So leaders who ask others to continue on a path of continuous learning and then do not model the same expectation well, they risk losing credibility from those they serve. After all, who wants to follow someone who tells and tells but never shows? Show me you, you too want to get better. Don't just tell me. Could be the rallying cry of many of staff today in our schools. And if this practice begins to permeate a culture, then mediocrity will become the standard, my friends. Another common symptom that often lingers in an average culture is when we continue to depend on the same people to take the lead in teaching or sharing their learning. In the book, Stop Right Now, 39 Stops to Making Schools Better, a book I wrote with my good friend Jeff Zoll, we make the point that when we reach out to the same stellar people, it can eventually wear on even the most invested and proud staff members. These same people who are eager to say yes, or perhaps reluctant to say, to say no for fear of letting others down, may find themselves taking on additional tasks, not only at school, but outside their work environment as well, leading to potential fatigue and burnout. So ask yourself right now, are you depending on the same people over and over? And if you are, then what are we going to do about it? We don't want to burn our best people out. In fact, we want to use them to help build the capacity of others. Lurking deeper below the surface, however, is a more pressing consequence of depending on the same people. 
slowly murmurs make their way around the school community, typically from staff members who have not been invited, often resulting in feelings of resentment and jealousy. And this creates an undercurrent of negativity, not only for the building principal, but also for the staff members who have been selected time and time again. This professional jealousy is real and can quickly result in outcomes that are contrary to the original goals, which is create a healthy culture, invest time in your people, build meaningful relationships, make every staff member feel like the favorite staff member. Same things we want staff to do with kids. We want our teachers, right? To create meaningful conversations with kids, to invest time to get to know them, to treat every child like they're the favorite child, right? To create these experiences that when kids walk away and walk out of the classroom, they feel valued and appreciated. It's no different. So here are 10 ways to avoid these potential pitfalls. One, see everyone in the organization as having the potential to lead in teaching and sharing. Two, personally invite everyone to be a part of teaching and sharing opportunities. Three, provide ongoing trainings for all staff to improve their craft. Four, pair veterans or those with experience with those with less experience. Five, Allow staff to share in small group settings to help build confidence. Six, videotape all presentations. Seven, provide opportunities for positive peer feedback. Eight, be clear in expectations of roles and responsibilities of staff. Nine, continue to believe in all staff and provide ongoing mentoring. And 10, Model what it means to learn for staff. Don't just talk about it. I'll be sure to provide these 10 steps in the show notes. When building and district leaders spend time getting to know the talents and strengths of their staff, they create a community of leaders, which allows them to propel their learning to greater heights. And it's not just for their staff, but it also propels their learning and eventually impacts the learning in the classroom in a positive way. And when teachers and staff work together with fidelity, Well, there's a direct correlation to increased student achievement. We all know this. And by committing to learn from one another, well, they inherently become better at their craft. They recognize that they will never have it all figured out, but it never deters them from wanting to get better. They commit to working together both in structured and unstructured ways. I can't imagine any one of us sitting in an interview chair and saying to a committee, that we prefer to work in isolation, it would not be in favor of working with our colleagues. Yet it's still prevalent in many school cultures where staff is reluctant to work consistently with others and in some instances refuse to do so altogether. When staff is allowed to opt out, I don't see this as a staff issue, but rather a leadership issue. It takes a certain level of courage, I know, to address such issues, and the reluctancy to address such staff issues is real. But the worst fear that any one of us should have is that a year from now, we are still in the same situation we are today, dealing with the same issues because that, my friends, will eventually impact morale in a negative way and create a sense of apathy throughout a campus. My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, 
was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Casas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.